Well, Thomas Matters Radio, this is Mark Collier. Today on the show, we've got Trevor Steinhauser, Fort Thomas resident, and new podcast superstar, launching his podcast called Stigmatized. So we'll talk to Trevor about what that is, what that content's going to be like. You might have seen him in the 4th of July Day Parade. He's marching with a... Uh, crew that was rolling deep. Picture me rolling. Podcast has no sponsor today. It's actually open. And so if you are listening and you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, you can reach out directly to me. Reach me at 859-292-5144. 859-292-5144. Podcast is listened and downloaded by thousands and thousands of Fort Thomas residents. You can also hit me on the Fort Thomas Matters text machine, 859-379-5706, 859-379-5706. That number just gets texts, cannot take calls. Next on the show, Trevor Steinhauser. First, a sample from Trevor's show, Stigmatized. I guess um, I'm, from, I'm from a Catholic family in eastern Kentucky. So as far as alcohol is concerned, I was a late bloomer. I didn't take my first drink until I was 12. You know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I white-knuckled the first 11 years, <laughs> just holding on, not drinking. Um, and then presented to me... On a you know a warm summer night was this warm bottle of Boone's Farm Strawberry Hill, you know what I'm talking about. And well, it's it only the, the adolescent <laughs> drink of choice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so you know, only drink wine if it has the screw-on lid. It's a big deal, you know. The good stuff comes with the screw-on lid. And so we cracked that open, and I was the brave one that took the first drink. Now, if you don't know why I say brave. You have to have courage to actually swallow Boone's Farm. <laughs> if you've ever tasted it, you know what I'm talking about. But I let it. Uh, I let that sweet nectar of the gods roll past my tongue down my esophagus, and when it hit my stomach, man, it spread through my veins like wildfire. I mean, it was just even that early. That early, man. It, you know, because prior to that moment, there had always been a lot of um, self doubt. You know what I mean? There had always been a lot of bad self talk. Um, not good enough, like that feeling of just not fitting in, even though, you know, you've, I've got a lot of friends, um, you know, somewhat popular, I guess you'd call it, uh, at my high school, and um, the alcohol did something that nothing had ever done. I was tight. I was uptight and scared to death that you would figure out that I wasn't as cool as I had tried to make you think I was, right? So, Amen. you know, my self-esteem down, my pride's way up, didn't make any sense. Uh, and when I took a drink, all that kind of went away. And I just kind of released this sigh, you know, just sigh of relief. <sighs> right. So that was Trevor Steinhauser and one of his guests on the show, his new show, podcast show, Stigmatized. That was Brad Toll. And joining me now is Trevor Steinhauser, my friend, my neighbor, and new, newest podcast superstar. Trevor, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, dude. I'm excited. Yeah. So it, it's fun um, to see your your friends do things that they care about. 
And um, so you and I have talked um, a lot about launching the new podcast, um, you know, from, from the very ground level when you didn't have a name for it, uh, you didn't have any branding, you didn't have really an idea of how to even start the thing. And then you come in now and we've got, you've got, you're branded on your t-shirts, stigmatized, the branding is legit, you've got pens, says uh, stigmatized mental health and addiction podcast offering strength through stories. You can find them at stigmatizedpodcast.com. So Trevor, you have how many episodes in the can now? Twelve. 12 episodes in the can, so from not starting, not knowing a thing, uh, now you, you somewhat do. And yeah. uh, so I, I first want to talk about, um, before we get into the how and the why, uh, I want to talk about, well, I guess we can start with the why. why. Why start the podcast? Well, I've wanted to do this for you know, three plus years. I've wanted to always do you know, something on radio. or So I've been thinking about a podcast for a long time and just to get again get the word out about mental health and addiction and I figured it would be a good way to, a good you know platform to do that and also get you know, a little bit of my personality and and make it light because uh, it's a heavy subject matter but to answer your question I just uh, I've always I've wanted to do it for the past three years and I've always kind of cowered away from it uh, you know, nervous from the, you know, a lot of the technical stuff. And, but in February, I just, I sucked it up and I wanted to do it because I would have, I would have uh, regretted not trying. So, well, you went. And so I've, I've heard, uh, and, we, and we teased a little bit of a small, tiny snippet um, on the intro of Stigmatized with Brad Toll, mm-hmm. who um, I got to listen to that in its entirety. And so I'll say from, uh, from my perspective, it's fun on two levels. It's fun because I know you and I know your personality. Um, but even if I didn't, I think from that level, and I try to listen to it from that level to give, you know, when, when you ask for feedback, mm-hmm. I try to listen to it from that level. Okay, if I didn't know Trevor, would I, would I find value in this podcast? And so the answer to that is, is absolutely. Um, tell people what they might hear, what kinds of stories are they going to hear on Stigmatized? So I'm in recovery, and that's an, another reason that I wanted, wanted to do this, is to talk to other people that are in recovery. So basically when I frame this up, I thought about, because mental health is a big interest of mine, big part of my story and, and a passion. So combining those two, I'm planning, my goal is to have people that are in recovery, people that are still struggling with either mental health or addiction, family family members that might want to uh, tell their story and find out where they got help, uh, people that still might want help, and then professionals in and around the industry to, you know, to provide the education piece, uh, awareness, and the ultimate goal, like the name of the show, is just to get the word out and let people know that this is a real, this is a real thing. Both mental health and addiction are, and legitimately, issues that that are big. That are big. I mean, uh, I 
I may be biased, but I don't think there's anything more important than our mental health. And so I wanted to start this to, to get that word out, and I'm going to try and hit it from every angle possible to, to do the awareness piece, education, and then hear stories. I love storytelling. I love hearing. And you'll see a common thread with a lot of these stories, especially with people that are in recovery, where it started, why it started, and to see people come out on the other side and what they're doing, it's truly remarkable. It just is remarkable because it is one of the toughest things that people who go through it will ever do is to get sober and into a life of long-term recovery. So you can, you can speak about this from a very educated place, right? Um, you are in recovery now. Um, and so we've sort of been documenting, you know, your stages of recovery. And um, the first article I think that we did was in 2017. And we'll, we'll put a link to that article in there. So, um, but, but briefly, let, you know, and I know that this is a hard thing to do to tie up briefly. Tell me your story. So, uh, right off the bat, uh, and I, I say this in the story, and I say it every time I give my, my story, but, but the, I would say a lot of people that go through addiction and or mental health problems have a traumatic experience early on in their life, childhood, whether that be physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, Mine came in the way of, of head injuries, of, of concussions, multiple concussions. The, the first one coming at 18 months old when I fractured my skull. And uh, so I would say around five or six, I started, you know, I, I started having, uh, I started seeing that there was something off with me. And uh, that came in the way of, just being, I was a scared little kid. I mean, I was just, I was petrified. I had, I had, even though I was, but I was also happy, but I had, I started having what I know now as panic attacks at about probably seven or eight every night, you know, just, you know, all I can say, it was like a tuning fork in my head before I went to bed every night and uh, just a heavy pressure on my chest. I didn't know what the heck was going on. So that's, that kind of bled into, as I got later into childhood, early adolescence, a lot of self-esteem issues. What the heck is wrong with me? You know, I was delayed uh, in my education. Just, I can't re couldn't retain information. And so I, I beat myself up a lot for that. But at the same time, early on in my life, I started showing signs of addictive behaviors. I'm talking like five or six. So from five to six, you sort of, looking back now, you can look at it and say, yeah, that was, that was um, manifesting early. Um, from the article that we published in, in 2017, I'm going to read a quote uh, that you said. You said you drank at, at 15, you smoked pot at, at 15, you partied in high school and college, you were an underachiever, and you knew you were going to go into the family business, so you had no motivation to do anything uh, your only dream was to go back, to go in and, and be in the movies or on TV, and that was um, dashed. And so there was even less motivation for you to do anything. 
but party your butt off in just coast. Now knowing you, um, I'd say that growing your business and your um, point in life at this point, whether that's your stigmatized podcast, what your goal is in terms of helping others, that is going to be one of those things that um, I can say without a doubt, you are probably one of the most motivated and singularly focused person that I know now. And so tell me what that's been like from, from you to, to now have a purpose. Well, this is the first time, honestly, and that's pretty sad to say I'm 41, but I've never known what I, what I wanted to do. I, I worked in our family business, even though I loved it. It was sort of out of obligation. I was, I was not, I'm not a, I'm not an academic. I'm not a business person. I'm not an Excel spreadsheet guy. You know, I'm a kind of culture and uh, just being around people and, and stuff like that. So I've never had, I never knew what I wanted to do when I grew up, you know, even in, even in adulthood. So doing this, and, and I got to give a lot of credit to you. I mean, you are one of the, you know, the first people that I reached out to probably eight months into my recovery, you know, talking about, I want to start doing, you know, some coaching and things and, and building a brand. How do I do that? And you, you were so gracious with your platform. And, and really, honestly, if I would tell you that three years ago, three and a half years ago, that I would be out in front of this thing, I would have told you that you were nuts because I was so scared of coming out to the community that I live in and what people were going to think and all that. But you came to me in November of 16 and said, hey, man, I signed you up for Story Matters. And I said, well, you did what? And so that was, you, you threw me into the fire, which is what I needed. And once that happened, everything sort of went away as far as anxiety and, and uh, my, you know, what people would think of me. And, and I, I realized also through my recovery and therapy that it doesn't matter what, what people think. You know, I, I am who I am and I've been that way all my life and I want to, I want to spread the word and help people. So that's super interesting. I'm hearing some of this for the first time. Like I know you to be, uh, you know, super confident and I know that internally you may have not felt that back in 2016 or you may have felt some anxiety about, you know, telling your story, but from from my perspective, my observation was back then, and you're telling me now when we first talked about that, you were like eight months into recovery. The the person that you um, let others see back then, to me, my observation, it, it looks very similar to how you are now. And so whether that was story matters and the confidence in which you um, were able to deliver your story and the, uh, the goal of, you know, and that, that road is not always straight, but the goal was you want to help others. And the means to which you need to do that is by allowing others into your life. Um, to me, it's very interesting to see, because I know now you've got other modes to do that, stigmatized podcast being that. Um, but to me, it's it's been really interesting to see this evolution of Trevor, um, especially folks that live here in, in the city, that, that knew you growing up as this happy-go-lucky uh, guy, this this fun guy, and, and you're that guy now. 
it's just, you've got a purpose. And I think that's really inspiring. Um, for me personally, and then hopefully others and, and not getting to hear all of your podcasts and, uh, but, but being able to hear a couple of them, I can tell you that I know that this is going to be a super fun listen. And, and, and folks, I will tell you, go to, um, stigmatizedpodcast.com. Trevor, you don't have a hard re release date yet, but give me like a ballpark. Where you, what month are you thinking? Next month, August for sure. And, and everybody, the, the website is a work in progress. I mean, it's up. There's no episodes released yet, but there's pictures of the guests and I've been blogging. Uh, so that's been fun. So it's, it's a work in progress and uh, I'm working with a studio called Gwen Sound downtown. They've been amazing. And and as far as the artwork, just to plug here, yeah. uh, Keith Neltner, Neltner Small Batch has been really good on the branding piece of it. So He's a Campbell County guy, right? Oh, yeah. Big time. He's out. They're the ones who run the farm that everybody... Neltner's does. Farm. Neltner's yeah. Farm for Halloween and, and all that stuff. But uh, so you talk about, uh, you know, Fort Thomas and uh, I... That was a big motivation for me when I when, when I kind of have been formulating this in my recovery is that I want people to know that you don't have to grow up in the gutter in a, in a broken home or, or whatever for this to happen. I mean, I had, I mean, I had the lottery. I mean, my I grew up in a loving home, no any sort of uh, uh, you know negative upbringing at all. Successful family. I you know my parents. Uh, I was upper middle class. I didn't ever want for anything. And this thing roared through me and my family, just like it would anybody else. So people need, I, I want people to understand that this does not discriminate whatsoever. So I, I got off the, the, the podcast part of that, but I just want uh, everybody to know that that's a, that's a big motivator for me. No, that's a good point. And I, I think that's, you know, going back to the brand of what the podcast is called stigmatized, right? Like I think, People have this idea in their head that um, it can't happen to, you know, upper, uh, mid to upper, you know, types of families. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's why it's all the more important for folks like you to say, it, it's not my fault. I mean, this is a direct relation or a, a reason, there is a reason for this behavior. Right. And so to, to combat that, I think it's important and it's strong to talk about mental health, um, to talk about addiction in a way that frames it as, listen, nobody wants to act like this and there are reasons for this. And you are strong in, in order to say, yeah, this is this happened to me, and here's what I'm doing about it. So I want to get back into because you know as we sit here, um, and I'm sure that Gwen is it Gwen Sound Gwen Sound right. Um, their their podcast studio is obviously more uh, <laughs> more technically sound than mine, um, but you know at the end of the day, my podcast, everybody's podcast, is a little bit different. Um, mine is based on conversation and content. Um, yours, I want to hear your, this will be an interesting perspective from somebody that, uh, started scratch from scratch. Uh, so, so podcast Trevor from day one, 
was feeling what? So, uh, trying to figure out, talking with my wife, trying to figure out how this is going to go down, what, you know, getting over that initial daunting hump of, can I even pull this off? So, you know, lots of research, lots of uh, webinars. And so it came to the realization that I got to get some stuff. So I bought a ton of equipment. I bought mics, I bought mixers, I bought amplifiers and, you know, all this stuff. And so by the time it got to our house, it ta it's taken up our entire dining room table. And I looked at my wife and I said, Lindsay, you know, I know me and I know my personality. I'm not going to do this. There's no way. If I got to do this and, ep and edit episodes and go up and down on sound levels, you know, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. So I decided to research some other avenues and uh, some places where uh, they do this professionally. And I was able to hook up with this, this company and, you know, I got to, you know, spend some money on it, but cause I want this to stick. You know, there's, I, I want it to be a consistent weekly show. Uh, I want to have good audio and I, I want to make sure that set myself up for the fact that it's going to, it's going to stick. So you put some in time in, in term time and money invested mm -hmm. in this. Yeah. Um, were you scared day one? Like, oh, yeah. Let's say I'm assuming you sent all that equipment back. Hopefully, <laughs> no, no. I missed the uh, I missed the return dates for Amazon, and so, I'm not. So I'm in the doghouse for that here's one. Here's a classified ad that that we're not plugging. If you are in the the market for a podcast, Trevor Steinhauser has a, an entire setup of podcast equipment for sale. Right yeah, now. absolutely, for sure. So, so you go to Gwen Sound and day one. Tell me what the interviews are like. I mean, I know you can be obsessive um, to you know, and, and that's a good thing sometimes. Did you over prepare? Did you have a ton of notes? Yeah, and so the. And my mind's very linear. I'm a classic overthinker, so it was tough in the beginning. And I would bring my laptop in, and I would have a ton of notes, which is good, but I think you tend, like right now, you have no notes. And we're buddies, so that, that makes it easier. But you rely on those notes. So I, you know, so the first few, I would say even you know, five, six, they sound... I don't want to turn Mechanical? People. Yes, and interviewee, and uh, they're, they're still good, but... I, I've leaned on those notes as opposed to just rolling with it and 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 trying to uh, make it sound like uh, just a natural conversation. So, but you know, I just did my twelfth one. Wow! And you're getting after it. Yeah, and it, I'm just I, I I love it. I'm just totally obsessed with it and researching people and trying to get uh, you know booking people and and that's the good thing about this uh, this company that I'm working with is. They edit, they record, they edit, they push all the, ep they'll push all the episodes out. So I got to concentrate on website, social media, and booking, booking people. So it just took so much stress off of me because I'll tell you that the technical part about loading onto the platforms and getting, yeah. you know, iTunes and Stitcher and all, it just scared me to death of how am I going to pull that off? So it's been a huge help. And yeah, I'm getting I'm getting more comfortable and in, in infusing my personality into this thing because um, even though it's I mentioned before it's heavy subject matter, it's still fun to talk about. Especially people in recovery, you've got to make light of where you were, the things you did, and 
once you once you get on the right path, you look back and say, "Man, what a I was a savage, just a total nightmare." And but I don't have to do that today. And looking back on you know just telling stories that's that's really all part of it. And some of them are some of them are intense and emotional. I'm a very emotional person, so you'll hear you'll hear with me every every kind of emotion uh, possible. So. Well, so from from that one uh, teaser clip that we played at the very beginning of, of this podcast uh, with Brad Toll, I think um, the 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 snippet that I selected was one that I wanted to try to um, find a common theme that um, I wouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people have um, in their life where they take their first drink. And Brad sort of talks about um, unscrewing the lid of a Boone's Farm strawberry wine deal. And, uh, and, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And the way that he felt and the way that the Boone's Farm made him feel. Um, and, and so I think that's the common theme. The thing that is not a common theme and the reason to listen to the podcast for folks that have these addictive type of personalities is, okay, we all have that same shared experience with the first drink, but we don't all have a, um, a vision into what it's like to be addicted to something and what that does to you mentally. Yeah. And, uh, and you'll, you'll, like you said, common theme, you'll hear from a lot of people, a lot of people that it starts out with self-esteem starts out as, you know, being scared and not knowing where your place is trauma of some kind in their, in their childhood that, really affects them we don't know what what to do and I'll tell you I was a I was a scared kid I mean I remember seeing people drink and, and smoke pot when I was you know right before I did and I thought they were going to die I'm thinking what are you guys doing you're nuts but then I tried it and my you know there's layers to this thing and some people just have you know they they just have the the gene I guess and, and genetics is a big part of this but anyway it's just I liked it and it, it, it not only did I, I like it, but it helped me cover up my insecurities. It helped me get out and, and you know, feed my what my true personality is. But it, it helped me, I don't know, just helped me mask my the, the things that were that scared me. So and, and this is probably me being um, a little ignorant. So apologies for that. And, and let me ask you. So that same addictive sort of gene that you have, like, that never goes away. Oh, man. Not, no way. So it's... let me ask you this, then, in, in the terms of, you know, now you are, you're all in on, on, can you harness that addictive gene for good? Because it seems like that, to me, that's what you've done. You, you've, you've repositioned it and now you're using it for good is is that a possibility is that what you're doing yeah so uh, i'll never say that i'm not an alcoholic or uh, a drug addict i'll never say that and nobody in recovery or sobriety should ever say that because that's the kiss of death so uh, who knows but you know god willing I, I never will and but what i didn't have the coping skills before I didn't have the coping skills to deal with 
my dad dying. I didn't have the coping skills to deal with being an insecure kid, but now I do. And so I'm able to, I'm able to, you know, push those feelings aside, which I have every day. And it's not like I want to go out and get drunk. It's just, I just have these compulsive thoughts about whatever it is. Like right now I'm battling food. And I, I just, you know, it, you know, I don't eat a granola bar. I eat a box of granola bars, you know. So, I mean, I still, it still comes out. But, yes, I'm able to ride the waves of emotion and, and tell myself, I don't want to go back there. There's not. There's not a chance that I want to go back to where I was, and I'm able to have self-awareness, which I never had before, and just awareness to myself that, you know, when I drank at 25, I drank like a 25-year-old. When I drank at 30, I drank like a 25-year-old. You know, if I was, you know, when I was 36, 37, I was drinking like a 25-year-old. So, I mean... If I was 60, so my maturity level, and and this is interesting because when I started using drugs and alcohol, you're heavy, your brain freezes. So I get sober at 37. I'm truly a 17-year-old child thinking like a child and, you know, know, rationalizing like that. So, um, but anyway, I'm able to now harness it, put it into a positive thing because I now know why this happened because head injury there's genetics i'm just i've been this way all my life and and with the help of psychologists and psychiatrists and therapists they've helped me learn these things but i've been this way since i was a a kid of you know mental health uh, just being all over the place whatever it was that felt good to me i did it a thousand times over and you know the dopamine in our brain goes it's like the night before christmas Anytime I have something exciting to do, it's like over the freaking top, you know. So, so that's the way you felt about recording our podcast today, right? Obviously. No, oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah, I mean, these these things are exciting, and to know that, uh, and especially for my kids, I don't have to do that today. And they were young enough that they didn't see the nightmare that I was going through, and would have, you know, now that would that would show itself. And they, and I would be the dad that embarrassed them and was, you know, just not in a good place. And they don't have to see that today. And that's, a, and that is a huge driver for me to not, never, you know, never go back. There. Well, I get to see you <clears throat> around your kids a lot. And uh, the way that your youngest, uh, Graham, looks at you, um, and Alexis too, she, you know, your, your two older girls. Now your older girls, they're embarrassed because you're, your sappy dad <laughs> embarrassed because of how every other uh, daughter or teenage person is embarrassed of their dad. Right. But I get to see them um, around you. And, you know, and that's where it goes back to, I knew you, you're a little bit older than I am, um, but I knew you when you were in high school and you were the cool uh, high school guy. Now you're, you're, you're dad guy. You're, 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 Mr. Steinhauser. That's a little loaded, but yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. It's funny. Uh, you know, we're always, and I, I think this might be a generational thing. People our age, when we've got kids, we, we don't know. I mean, do we want our kids to call us Mr. and Mrs.? Uh, so we go back and forth. I know Absolutely. Graham, Graham we, calls me Mark. Yeah. And, and we've, we've struggled with that too, but, uh, 
Yeah. So, and now, you know, I, I stay close to home. I mean, my social life has really gone to zero, um, but it needed to. I can't, it's getting better. I mean, I can be around people that are drinking. That's not an issue with me, but I have to have a strategy. Like I always drive myself places, you know, I got to have an out because I'll get resentful and I'll get mad and I'll get jealous of why I can't drink. And then I, I just get out of there. But uh, yeah, so, so now it's, it's time with my children and uh, my wife and, and just being, being home and not being out running and gunning and, and that, and that stressful, hateful, terrible life. But, and I realized that I had the same personality I did when I was hammered and all over the place and being like Chris Farley. And I don't need drugs and alcohol to do that. I really don't. And it's, it's hard to, because there's so many layers. I was doing it for so many different reasons, but uh, the bottom line is I'm just as fun and I'm, I'm not as wild and, and outlandish, but I still have a great personality and I don't need substances to uh, help that no we just we just get to chase our kids around in scooters and right uh, making sure that you know they're not uh grabbing the wrong end of a sparkler or absolutely <laughs> and it's fun i mean that that stuff is that stuff is is great and i and i pissed away six years my kids were six four and an infant when my my true addiction like the bad stuff really started to happen, you know, and it, it took me a long time to get over the fact that I just wasted. I was there physically, but I wasn't there emotionally, wasn't there mentally for my wife, for my kids. And, uh, but now again, I don't have to be like that today. So, so I want to talk about some of your guests. Um, you've had, you've got 12 episodes in the can. Um, you're going to do a, a launch where I guess you'll launch all the podcasts at once. Uh, is that right? No, I'll do two or three the first day. Okay. Let people chew on it a little bit, and then I'll have then it'll be weekly. So we we're I guess that's binge uh, just our culture now. Like you know we we get something and then we we grab onto something that we like and then we just can't let go whether it's Netflix or uh, for or podcasts. Um, so you're going to re- release a couple initially. Tell me about some of your guests. Um, I, I know we teased Brad Toll, and he is in the addiction recovery field right now. Who else do you have? And, and, and in recovery, and, in and re- that was a that was a blast. I mean, he's a he's a funny funny guy, but also very very knowledgeable. So I've got two other people like that that are friends of mine that are in recovery, but all, also work in that space in, in different capacities, um, which I love. I've got a therapist on there that's not in recovery but works in the addiction field, which I feel was a good, uh, a good uh, angle there. My therapist is on there who was in recovery, uh, which was a game changer for me. Uh, and I interviewed the Specs last Wednesday, uh, Northern Kentucky Hates Heroin, and, and heard their uh, amazing story. And Did you know that Nick Specht is was in kindergarten with me? No. He was, you know, you had these weird, you know, memories of kindergarten you don't remember everything i remember like three or four people vividly and he was one of them yeah and so just to give some back why don't you give some background on him well just uh this is a family that that lost their son to an overdose in 2013 and they're just a the sweetest family uh, unbelievable and to go through that tragedy and, and almost immediately they started a nonprofit called Northern Kentucky Hates Heroin to help other people uh, 
in his name and, and to keep his legacy alive. So I don't want to go away too much, but it's a very great, a great story. And so um, there's other uh, other people that that have been in recovery. I'm going to have uh, you know I'm going to have I've got guests lined up for talking to people about some, some ladies about infertility, talking about postpartum depression, uh, domestic violence, um, and uh, I'm going to have an ER doctor talk about what an overdose looks like and uh, just hit it from every, every conceivable angle. And politicians and, uh, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be all, all across the board, which is what I want. I, I... This will be a podcast that I will consume um, right away. And again, it's not because I know you. Um, well, initially, I guess that's that's why I'll know about it. But if I stumble upon this, it would be one that would go into my regular rotation. I, I've heard a couple of them. I cannot wait to hear the, the rest of them. I know that this is therapeutic for you. Oh, man. But, but um, additionally, I know... That this is going to be helpful for for everybody because everybody has um, something. Something. Everybody on the planet has had some sort of experience with mental health, whether it's somebody you know, yourself, and that we're talking about just a, being down in the dumps, a battle of depression, being anxious about something. This is the human condition we're talking about. We're talking bare bones our minds and the way they work and, and there's so much minutia in the world now and it, it's hard to keep a, a clear head but uh, this is just humanity and, and the way we are as you know born individuals and uh, just our development and, and it's it, it, even though I've been in it and I've been in the bad parts of both of them it's this whole thing fascinates me it absolutely is fascinating to me well I can hear it in your voice I can't wait for the release next month Trevor Steinhauser, stigmatizedpodcast.com. Where else can we find stigmatized podcasts? So it'll be on, and again, these are things that are still in motion. Uh, in motion. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. My wife wanted me to get on Pinterest. I have no idea how to do that. But uh, yeah, so, so social media and. And download it on iTunes, Stitcher, yeah. anywhere that you can find podcasts. Just type in stigmatized. Yes, correct. Trevor Steinhauser. Stigmatized podcast, my buddy, my friend, super proud of you. Can't wait to, to see how this rolls out. No, I appreciate I appreciate having me and, and all your help and friendship. It's honestly, I don't know if I would be where I am without you kind of pushing me along and, and helping me. So uh, big thanks to you. So. Well, we'll continue to, to roll along. Thanks so much for being here. This is Mark Collier for Thomas Matters Radio.